Thank you for listening to the If You Market podcast. I'm your host, Sky Cassidy, and today we'll be talking about SDRs with Adam Schoenfeld. Adam is the uh, CEO at Sifrock. That's an email reply management company. He's also on the board of Visible, and he is an adamant lover of breakfast and B2B uh, software as a sales marketing. Recently, he was also honored as one of the uh, 40 under 40 in, uh, in in Seattle. Adam, we are super excited to have you on the show today. I know I botched that intro a little bit, but I'm sure everyone will forgive us. Really excited to talk about SDRs with you. Hey, Scott. Yeah, good to be here. Yeah. What can you tell us about SDRs? I know you've got quite a history in that. I think I was first introduced to you through your LinkedIn posts about your SDR adventure. Yeah, I mean, really, that's the the information I can share about uh, sales development and outbound prospecting is is just experiential. So I'm the CEO of a small SaaS startup, as you mentioned, and um, a couple months ago, I took this opportunity to basically act as our interim SDR um, before we are hiring our, our team, um, and so I got to kind of go into the front lines and you know sort of experience the day to day, at least in part of of what you know, your sales development reps are doing. Um, so I was able to just learn a lot about the tactics and how it feels and the role and how people respond and all that good stuff um, from actually going and doing it for a couple months. Now you, you did write-ups in real time on that, right? I did. Yes. Yep. Okay. And people, uh, if, the, if anybody wants to see that, if you haven't seen it and you're interested in SDRs, you want to know more about SDRs, even if you have a team already, you've been doing it a long time, there's probably some really good insights. When you you know, embed yourself like that. You're going to have experiences. I, I don't think you can really find any other way. Can they find that on your website, on LinkedIn? Where, where can they find uh, kind of your log of, of all that? Yeah, um, just on my LinkedIn. Um, if you Google CEO SDR also, it'll, it'll be the first result. Um, and I have kind of like an index page and then I posted probably along the way. I don't know. It's just pretty real time. I probably put up like 10 to 20 to, you know, posts along the way. And I, I guess I'd say um, for CEOs, to, uh, that's probably why it's the first result, Google. There's not a whole lot of uh, CEOs out there doing SDR work. There are a lot of CEOs that sell still, though, and maybe For some sure. of those uh, some of those CEOs um, should consider cutting over and doing some SDR work. Their teams will probably uh, really appreciate it when they're getting leads from the CEO. Nothing builds a team like that, right? Yeah, no, it's it's a that's a great it's a great way to go. Um, I mean, there's there's some others. I was actually inspired by uh, Manny Medina. He's the CEO at Outreach.io. They're they're a much larger company now, a few hundred employees. But in their early days, he he um, did the role, and you know, I mean, they're in sales tech, so I think it's it, you know it was especially relevant for him. But um, he definitely encouraged me to do it. And there's been others. Um, I've actually it's funny enough since I did this, I've gotten inquiries from CMOs and and execs and founders and people who are like, hey, I'm going to do something similar in my company. Like, tell me about it and how you set that up. So um, I think a lot of people kind of like that idea of just going down to the front lines for a bit and really experiencing that role and, and getting to learn like the tactics and the challenges of it. And then the team probably really appreciates that as well, because you know, you're experiencing what they experience. You're not just beating them up. You know when you need to beat them up and when, you know, what what they're experiencing is real. Absolutely. Yeah. I think the team, um, the team loves it and it, it, um, you know, it, it builds rapport it, it, you know, makes everybody sort of feel like you're in it together rather than just sitting there, you know, giving orders. 
Yeah, fantastic. So before we really jump into all the SDR stuff, your experience, your tips on SDRs, all that kind of good stuff, can you give me a little bit of a background on how you got into B2B marketing specifically? I mean, we're kind of a niche in the marketing industry. Um, When people think marketing, they can think consumers, they think advertising, stuff like that. And uh, everybody seems to have an interesting story for how they got around to to be in the specific space they're at. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I did it just as, a, as an entrepreneur, as somebody who's interested in tech. Um, I founded a couple companies. Um, and my last company um, was called Simply Measured. And we did social media analytics. So that was the, you know, I was in marketing tech. Um, we served both B2B and B2C. Um, mm-hmm. you know, buyers. So that was like my, f- uh, kind of a big stint where I got really interested in, um, in marketing tech and just marketing generally speaking. Um, and you know, I, I also did all of our early marketing there and, you know, before we kind of built our team, um, I also worked with a great, um, you know, demand gen guy, this guy, Uri Bar Joseph. I learned a lot about demand gen from him, um, you know, hired him there and, um, had a really awesome t- marketing team. So I was really in the weeds, you know, I was still writing blog posts, you know, even when we were over a hundred employees and I was still sort of getting my hands into it just cause I loved it. And I thought it was really fun. Um, right. And so then I, you know, I started, I came on to Sift Rock about 18 months ago and we're very much in the B2B space. So the last 18 months I've been super immersed in, you know, B2B marketing and marketing automation, database management, like all the, the specific like B2B challenges. Yeah. So I like to pick fights with the consumer marketers on the show because we're about uh, B2B marketing. <laughs> um, and I, I'm a little bit uh, biased. But one of the things I've noticed with B2B marketers is they seem to be more competent than the B2C marketers. It's basically the people who want to be measured, the people who want to be accountable, um, really tend to end up over on the B2C side because of all the MarTech that's specifically designed for uh, or I mean, so, I'm sorry, B2B side, not the B2C side. <laughs> That's specifically designed for B2B. I mean, consumer stuff, yeah, you can still track certain things, but I, I just feel like the people who really want to want to excel seem to come over to uh, to B2B marketing. You know, it's interesting. I I mean, I see it both ways. I mean, I mean, I think you can argue that we're in a lot of ways B2B is way behind B2C, right? Like. I think about how many great consumer buying experiences there are. If you go to Amazon, Nordstrom, um, Glassy Baby, Warby Parker, um, you know Everlane's one I really like um, for for clothing. Brandless. I mean, you think about some of these B two C experiences that that are created, and and you know I think of that as marketing, obviously. But I mean, g- generally, I think they're way ahead in that in that vector. And on the B two B side, we. I don't know. We, we've put buyers through hell sometimes to just like talk to us. So, um, you know, in, in some vectors it's true probably because in B2B, right. Like the way we kind of work with sales and revenue and, and CRM, um, you get sort of a quantitative, like analytical person. But I think from like an experience and a brand perspective, we are just light years behind some of the best in B2C. Yeah, when you say experience and brand, I I'd agree there absolutely. And the the fact that B2B marketing is kind of the, you know, the stepchild of B2C, nobody hardly knows it exists. Um so we we have been uh playing catch up in those particular areas uh, for quite a while. I think they have, you know, B2C marketing is sexy. And that's why a lot of people grad, you know, they they end up over there because they want that. They want to design billboards and and you know all the graphic stuff and all the customer interaction stuff and that kind of stuff. But I guess uh 
and I'll and then I'll stop uh, trying to beat up on B2C marketing. But I guess it's just that B2B marketing, we seem to have a lot more direct measurable stuff because you're not doing the mass thing. You're not selling a small product to, you know, millions of people um, so that it's a lot more intimate, I, I think. And so, uh, again, compliment to all the B2B marketers out there. I just think we tend to get the better technical people in B2B marketing and the people who really want to be held accountable, kind of. Whereas the other side gets a lot of people who are just there for the fun. Marketing is kind of marketing. And, and if you love the craft, you probably like you probably get excited about Warby Parker's experience and you probably get excited about, you know, Drift or Uber Flip or, you know, people that are doing it really well in B2B, G2 crowd, whoever you like. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a fun debate to have. And I'm sure you, get, you can get your, uh, your B2C friends a little riled up when they come on the show. All right. So real quick, let's cover a little more about what Siftrock does and what you guys do over there at Siftrock so, so people know kind of where you're coming from. Give, you know, whether it's a, just a description of your company, a quick kind of elevator pitch on what you do. Give, it, give us an idea. Sure. Yeah. We solve a problem that's very um, specific to B2B marketing, um, marketing automation and, and sending email, um, which is, you know, when you send out emails to your audience, nurture campaigns and event invites and webinar invites and all the things that we do to engage over email, um, you get a bunch of replies back. And some of those are autoresponders and some of those are, you know, notifications that people have left the company. And then there's real people that write in and need help or want to connect with sales. And what we do is rather than forcing you to sit and sort through your inbox manually, we automatically deal with all those replies. We sort them and we figure out what they're saying and then we either route them to a, a sales rep on your side if it's a, you know, a real hand raiser or we you know, update fields in your database if it's an auto reply or a left company or, or there's information in a signature that we can pull out. So we take kind of what's typically a manual process of sorting through those replies and we just automate that with a nice integration into your marketing automation platform. Right, Marketo, what, uh, Pardot, Aloka, HubSpot, Acton... Uh, just just about any marketing automation, right? Yep, yeah, those are the ones we do today because that's where most of the B two B companies that we work with are focused. But we're always adding more, and um, you know that's one of the vectors of growth for us is like integrating into more places. Nice. I think people are always surprised when they start doing kind of heavier email campaigns, kind of top of funnel stuff, at how many responses they get that you know that are the out of office responses that are the you know, screening their emails type responses, they, they suddenly just get a massive amount of responses and they think, Oh my God, look at all these responses and, you know, bounced emails, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then they realize, Oh wait, they're not all responses. Uh, there's only, there's a couple buried in there and they have to dig through it all. So you guys basically handle that and then do updating and all kinds of stuff along with it. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. So you, you, you know them well, but um, yeah, it is, it is sometimes surprising. Um, and I think, there's been this sort of evolution, right? Like it started out um, where email you'd send from a no reply and maybe a decade ago or so we kind of changed that. That didn't, that went away as a best practice and people started sending from like marketing ad or team ad. And I think now that a lot of people, we, we did a study of about 35% of the cloud 100, for example, send from an right. actual human, um, you know, like a spokesperson or a rep. And so as he, as the email channel kind of gets more human and becomes more conversational, you get more stuff back. And it's, you know, something that software can help you deal with. And, um, you know, that's where Siftrock comes in. That's fantastic. All right. Um, so moving on to SDRs. Um, or I guess, you know what, before we move on, one more thing. Can you tell me there, 
at, at Sifrock, your kind of day-to-day, um, are you still doing SDR calls there? What, what's your day look like? Um, I wish. No, I'm, we, I'm not doing any uh, prospecting myself uh, outside of just, you know, a, a couple of emails a week maybe um, to people in my network where I can, you know, be helpful in making an intro and sort of handing it off to an AE. But um, nope, not doing that. Um, I mean, look, early stage startup. So my job is a little of everything. Um, I create content. I, I work a lot on customer success. I have just a, a belief that um, one of like the most important thing is to make our current customers successful and have them become advocates and lo- lifelong customers. So I spend a lot of time um, with our, our customer success team, like actually talking to customers and, and working through their challenges. Um, um, we have not raised money, so I don't have any of the board obligations or, or working with investors. We're a bootstrap cash flow positive business, nice, which I'm yeah. really proud of. But uh, it, it takes a big chunk of work off of the typical um, plate, which lets me just kind of spend more time engaging in the market. So, um, and then the balance of the time I pretty much spend on product. Money is really nice, but I think a lot of people overlook the kind of what they're giving up as a as an early stage startup. Oh, when when you're looking for money, that's your life as a CEO now. Practically, too, the way we thought about it, Siftrock was just looking at our market and looking at the way we wanted to grow. Um, you know, th- this was the right capital structure for us was to really force ourselves to be focused and, and own a niche and be cash flow positive versus if we were going after like a huge TAM, then we would have pursued a, a venture funded model where, you know, growth at all costs is, is appropriate. But I think a lot of people get stuck where they mismatch the capital structure with the market and the product. Um, so we didn't want to fall into that trap. So Moving on to SDRs now. We will get there for everybody. Uh, <laughs> everybody listening, we'll, we'll we'll get more into the SDRs. We're getting more into them now. Um, so, Adam, I guess we could start out by saying any tips for people who want to dip their toe into doing the SDR calling themselves before managing a team, running a team, creating a team. Yeah, um, I'd say just do it um, because. I think one of the traps I fell into multiple times and continue to fall into is trying to build a perfect, beautiful machine. Um, But you can have a lot of impact by, you know, sending 20 cold emails or LinkedIn messaging 10 people, you know, in a day. So I think if you overinvest into trying to build the perfect machine, then you'll um, you'll miss out on a lot of just real time uh, market feedback and learnings. So for anybody that I'm talking to, like if a CMO or a VP is like, hey, Adam, I want to go, you know, do some of this before I hire a team or we're going to scale our team and I want to go jump in with the team we have. That's usually the first advice I give is just kind of like make the world smaller. Don't worry about over optimizing or building a machine. Just kind of get into it. I I did fall into that trap multiple times. And as we've had our first person that started on our team here um, doing prospecting, I've continued to fall in that trap. So it's just a learning I'm refining myself of. Yeah, that's difficult. It's difficult to not want to get it all perfect first. To just like you said, just jump in and do it. And then I guess um, I'll throw in something that that I learned when I was inspired by you and started doing uh, kind of less selling and more more SDR work um, was to actually be an SDR. Uh, so when you're trying to get the experience of an SDR, but I would start making calls, and you know, I I leverage my position in the company sometimes. Oh, I'm the CEO, and it doesn't give you a real experience. It doesn't, uh, you know, you're like, hey, this. I was able to do this and this is what you expect of your SDRs and, but you're leveraging tools they don't have. You kind of need to actually be one of them so you can experience the same thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So your experience, uh, as an SDR, 
where do you want to start digging into this? Uh, can we give people some tips in hiring SDRs and training and expectations? Um, let's let's just jump in. Tell us what what you think about SDRs in general and and how people might uh, want to go about this. Yeah, um, I mean, generally, I think it's the pretty common model now is to have your have your prospectors separate from your closers. Um, I mean, I think a lot of companies do a hybrid, but you know, if you're going to have this prospecting team and you're going to invest in that as a, you know, outbound channel, um, you know, you, I, I kind of, a lot of the things I learned was about writing and messaging. And then there's a lot about kind of data. Um, and then there's just all the little things around that. So I don't know where you want to start, um, on more like messaging and out writing for outbound or how, you know, mess, uh, you know, how you want to get your message across, or if you want to talk more about like the data and process side, um, Happy to go into either. Let's just let's do a quick. I mean, we only we only have a good forty minutes or so on on this uh, on on this show, so let's do a quick overview to start with. Just from from the ground, I imagine you're um, you know are you using tools? Are you using data? And then you're starting calling. You have to have some messaging, reaching out to people. At some point, you're you're talking to people, handing yeah. stuff off. Um, just just give us kind of the ten thousand foot view there. Yeah, so if you're starting with a blank page, which is what I was doing, um, the the end-to-end process that that we went through in getting set up um, was account-based. So, um, and you don't have to do account-based, but it's it seems to be a really good model to you know provide focus. So we started by selecting accounts, um, a little science and a little art in that, I think. Um, and then within those accounts, we looked for who are the right people. Um, we know you know we already have. 140 customers or so. So we kind of knew what our target persona was, what the right titles were, whatnot. Um, then it's like, how do you get the right data on those people? And then how do we reach out to those people in a, in a compelling and effective way? And sort of sub bullet on that is how much personalization do you do versus how much automation? So I think like to, to boil it down, those were the, you know, the steps that we thought of, which accounts, which people on those accounts, um, you know, how do we want to reach out to those people? And then, you know, within that, is it, is it more of an automated approach or more of a personalized approach? Okay, great. And then once you start, uh, I mean, I guess every company is going to be so different. That's part of why it's so important that uh, people actually jump in and do this work themselves. You, you can't really say, here's how your script should be. Here's how many people you should be calling it. It just varies so much for every company. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Like good example for my buyer. Um, you know, we, we talk to marketing operations, demand gen, directors of marketing, people like that. I mean, they're the most jaded on getting cold email and getting cold called. Like, they've been just hammered. Um, the, the graphic just came out. There's 6,829 marketing tech vendors right now. So, you know, anything that's just the same old, like, um, anything that's just like bringing this to top of inbox, like, have you been eaten by an alligator? Any of just the tricks that people have used just don't work for my buyer. Now, if you're selling into like government or something that's like a little bit, um, a slower adopter of technology, or they don't understand email automation as well. Um, I think that that dynamic could be a lot different. Yeah. Marketers are particularly difficult to market to because they know all your, it's like selling to a salesman. They, they know your tricks. They know when you're doing something with an email that you did that specifically to get them to open it and read it. And frequently they, they, we slash don't really appreciate it. Totally. Right. We've actually found the kind of the unmarketing approach is, is the best. Yeah. Email itself, full disclosure, you know, I, I run mountaintop data. We're a data company and we, 
know, we grew up on on email. That was the foundation of our company initially. Email is depreciating as you know, as a um, a way to market for for B two B specifically. I don't know about the B two C space. We don't touch that, but uh, it's just that that happens. It you know, things change. People get overworked, and and like you said, people they really don't want to see emails in their inbox. They don't want to be pitched in their inbox. It, it still works. It's still out there, but it, you know, it used to be just this amazing bonanza because nobody was uh, coached up on it. They weren't used to being approached in this way. So it was just so much more effective. Totally. I mean, I'm sure you, Sky, like like me, you probably even yourself get um, you know tens of emails a day that are basically cold pitches and, you know, and you know, multiply that, take a CEO at a thousand person company, and now it's probably hundreds. So um, it's become very noisy and crowded. And that brings us right back to SDRs. I think that's why, uh, you know, we used to be primarily an email lead generation for our marketing. That was the the core pillar of the company. And then as email changed, we said, okay, what's, you know, how do we market best as we can see that this is shifting? And uh, that's when we came around to SDRs and said, oh, you know, this way people used to do things back before the internet, that's a, that's a, actually still a really effective way to do things. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm, st- I'm a huge believer in cold email and that's really what I focused on as an SD- doing my interim SDR. And that's what our team focuses on as a channel. I mean, we use social a little bit as well, but I think, you know, it's because there's so much noise and so many people sort of vying for attention in your inbox. Um, but most of them are terrible. So you actually do, if you are thoughtful and you um, have empathy for the person reading the message, um, I think it's it's probably still the best channel. I mean, there's still so much opportunity. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when you when it does work, like we we have we have email, um, you know, I don't know if I'd call them sequences or campaigns, but they, you know that use lots of personalization. And you know the best one we did had a thirty eight percent reply rate. So you can really generate if you're if you're taking the time and being thoughtful, you can generate a lot of um, response. Yeah, I like that you pointed out. I kind of trashed email marketing a little bit there, and uh, you point out it is still the best channel. Um, you know, it's depreciated, but it's depreciated down from having just ridiculous returns and ridiculous lead generation too. Now, just the best channel, and definitely. You know, early outreach. Anytime you can have your people pursuing stuff that there's been some sort of email touch already, people have been warmed up by email. Yep. Obviously, that's uh, that's preferable to to anything else still. Um, but now, yeah, I think we're seeing a lot more kind of uh, a lot more depth in what a lot of companies are doing for marketing because you know they, you can't just send out the email and get the sale kind of or pass it straight to the salesperson. Now you're sending the email, you're having SDRs follow up on that. It's it's a uh, it's a more thoughtful part of the the whole sales funnel now. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, we and we believe in you know kind of personalized cold email um, works extremely well um, still, and I don't think that will stop. So you know, it, it, but again, it's like it's about relevance and understanding your customer, and just the same principles that apply when you're doing digital ads or when you're doing any kind of you know campaign. So um, I, I think some. There was, a, there was a point in time where we just kind of lost track of that. We're like, oh, it doesn't really matter what we say or how we do it. We just need to get in their inbox because this is novel in itself. Yep. Um, but those days are clearly over and, you know, kind of have to hold ourselves to a high standard when, when using the, the cold email channel. It's good if you know what you're doing and have the right tools. It's really good still. It's basically the gold rush is over. There was just gold sitting on top of the ground and, with email marketing and you could come in and 
oh my gosh, you could just walk around and pick it up. And now you actually have to have the right tools. You have to know what you're doing. You have to, but for those, those people out there that, that have that, that, uh, you know, have, have the right stuff going on, know what they're doing, put out good content. It's, it's almost better because now you're really separated from, you know, every Yahoo that could just send out a bunch of stuff and, and get results. Yeah. Fun times. Yeah. So uh, back to SDRs. One question I wanted to ask is uh, sales or marketing? Do you put them into the sales department, marketing department? How do you handle that? Um, so here, um, here they're in sales. It, it doesn't, I mean, I don't think there's one right answer to this. Um, I understand why many CMOs want to have the SDRs reporting to them because there's such an impact on brand and being able to control the message. And, you know, sort of if the CMO has, if their deliverable is pipeline, right, and you're using outbound, this is a big part of the pipeline. Um, the flip the flip case is, right, the career path typically for an SDR is into account executive or sales rep. So um, a lot of times in sales. So I don't think there's one right answer. Um, I think I'd make the decision based on the specifics of my company and my people. Um, and, and that's probably how I'd approach it. Right. And I guess one thing I noticed with, with our team is that when, uh, when the SDRs, we shifted them over the sales team, the marketing team, we're back and forth as well. And it doesn't matter as much and you won't get people kind of fighting for territory when um, you have kind of a multi-touch way of tracking uh, where things came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you can when you can attribute deals back to marketing, even when marketing was an early touch and then you, the lead was actually generated by an SDR, suddenly the CMO is, isn't fighting so hard for that. And the reason is now they are actually getting some credit. Whereas if you're, you know, if you're just tracking one kind of source for it, um, you're taking that away from them and you know, they really want that credit. If you're going to be putting budget into it, I guess it also comes from budget training. Whoever's doing that work kind of gets it. But yeah, I think tracking back and, and giving credit to all parts of the, uh, of the lead generation and not just kind of the final act or, or whatever it is before it goes to sales helps smooth that out a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm on the board of a company called Visible and that's exactly what they do is multi-touch attribution. And I think it's a huge problem in B2, you know, it's funny, actually, there's a place where B2C um, has been ahead, right? Is all this kind of digital attribution, but um, Visible has done a great job of actually doing this in B2B and hooking it into your CRM. um, So you can attribute down to revenue. And I think that's a, that's a great point, Sky, because like, you know, that if you can just reduce the infighting, then it doesn't really matter like where the people sit. Right. So much of the fighting is not about what's best for the company and what's best for running things, but about what's best for like, they want to make sure they're getting their credit kind of, um, mm-hmm. you, you can eliminate that with that simple little fix of just, you know, making sure you can, you can track multiple sources kind of. Um, so there's a, uh, a throw out to visible, check them out, I guess, if you need to do that, uh, that multi-touch, uh, attribution. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's go on uh, here to the process kind of for interviewing SDRs. Let's, let's jump to that. What kind of stuff should they be looking for? Can you share your experience a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, this is something I learned a lot by doing it. Um, so uh, I think traditionally, I think a lot of what you see online is like, it's all about kind of having a thick skin and persistence. Um, and, you know, kind of how hard were they going to work? Because I think a lot of the conventional wisdom is that um, it's an activity game, and it's a volume game. Um, I kind of I have maybe like a slightly contrarian view on this. Um, I over indexed as we were hiring more on creativity, um, customer empathy, the ability to have persistence, but also finesse. Um, 
because I just found that, you know, when the, when we could personalize and be relevant and really think about what that customer is going through and then try to reach out with that context and also think about like the psychology of influence and how we're going to be able to get them to reply. Um, it was much more effective than just trying to play a volume game, just try to like template and, and bang out hundreds of emails a day. And, you know, I did kind of do a, like a miniature AB test of a automated versus personalized kind of approach. Right. And, which is the personalized work. Now, if you have a huge TAM and you have hundreds of thousands of companies to sell to, maybe the, you know, the volume game is, is the right game to play. Um, but at least for my business, when it came, when it came to thinking about talent, um, you know, we, we wanted somebody who could sort of, um, you know, get through to a smaller number of people. Um, and, and, and that's kind of how we, we framed up the hiring process. Yeah. I guess I mean, your audience is really important because, if your audience is so small, I always tell people take things to the extreme. If your audience is everyone or only one person, you know how thorough do you want to be? Um, kind of how automated, how much volume do you want to do you want to have? If you have an extremely large audience and you have a product that's let's say you know doesn't separate from the crowd in any way, um, then you need that that large volume. But you guys have the benefit, I think, of a company where you have a a product that actually solves a problem. So you can reach out to people and, you know, it, it doesn't have to be as much of a volume game. The better your product is, the easier you can you can do the account base probably, kind of the more there is a, a problem you're actually solving, that kind of stuff. Totally. Yeah, and functionally, we don't really have any competitors that do sort of the full cycle of what we do. So, I mean, there's there's certainly alternatives and interns and there's other companies that do you know pieces of what we do. But, you know, to really solve the problem that we do, we're... In, in the platforms that we're on, we really, you know, we don't have to fight with a lot of people. So we're also comfortable kind of playing the long game. Like we don't need to just hammer people too hard. We can, we can plant the seed. We can wait for their kind of internal trigger to happen. And just as long as we're there and aware and ready, um, I think we're, we're comfortable with that. Nice. I've also noticed that again, there's so many variations in company types. So anytime, whoever's implementing this stuff has to really know what they're doing and be thinking about all the details and adjusting them for their specific company. But what I've noticed is the the cleaner the information you're starting with, um, the fewer, the kind of lower volume you have to do. Uh, if if you have just a ton of information that's, you know, if half your numbers are disconnected, you need twice as many, <laughs> twice as much volume to yep. get the same result kind of. Um, and you probably are going to go through a lot of SDRs just out of frustration. Um, but kind of the, the cleaner you are to start with, with who you're pursuing. And then the, I guess I'd say the more a combination of the, the intelligence of the of the SDR themselves, their ability to grasp stuff. And, you know, when you're talking about account-based and, and them uh, customizing stuff a bit, their ability to customize. The more an individual rep can customize the message themselves, the lower volume you're going to be able to get away with with them. You know, the more that they'll be able to spend more time on each individual one. If you have a really complex product, you, you kind of have to stick with the volume approach or have just insane training and, and go for really, really high-end SDRs or they're not going to be able to customize and spend the time that results in lower volumes you know, and, and have success. Totally. I mean, I think it's just, it emphasizes one of my big learnings too from doing this is there's no one best practice or playbook. And I think there's a lot written online and a lot you can sort of pick up and run with. Um, but, you know, everything's got to be specific to your customer and business. Um, and testing a lot of things and figuring that out is, I think, really critical in this. Like, you know, like with any 
marketing endeavor. So I guess I'd say there there's one best practice for it that's um, absorb a lot of content, listen to the If You Market uh, podcast, and make good decisions, and then uh, everything else will flow from that. Yeah, there you go. Excellent. Well, I want to jump to break uh, for just a minute here. After the break, we'll get back more into uh, some of the training, expectations for SDRs, that kind of good stuff. I'll have some random questions for you, I'm sure. Anything else you want to throw out about SDRs, we'll be right back after the break. Our episode today is brought to you by Engageo. If you're thinking about ABM and not sure how to start or which plays to run, Engageo just came out with a new playbook for marketers featuring 16 plays that have been tested in the field to get results. Check them out at Engageo.com orchestration. Hi, we're back from the break. This is Sky Cassidy with the If You Market podcast. Uh, we're on today with our guest, Adam Schoenfeld of SiftRock. They're an email response processing company, and we're talking about SDRs and the whole SDR process, his experience there. Um, nice to have you back, Adam. Good to be back. Excellent. So let's dig into kind of the training expectations, all that kind of good stuff um, for, for the SDR process. Can, what, can you, what can you tell us about your experience there? Yeah, most of my experience was training myself without really knowing a whole lot um, when I when I did it. So I, you know, I, like like we talked about, I did this for two months. I took half my time, so I still had to you know run the company and work on product and work with customer success and all these other things, you know, financial planning. But I took fifty percent of my time as SDR. Um, so training myself. Um, you know, a lot of it, uh, a lot, a lot of uh, learning on LinkedIn Sales Navigator and the tools and um, Outreach.io is what we use for our uh, our engagement platform. So I had to kind of learn that. Um, had to just kind of really kind of train up on on all the tools out there. That was that was right. one. That's one big thing. And then and then I think that probably the biggest learning is just how to personalize, how to how to write for outbound. It's a lot different than writing for other kinds of marketing. Like I've written a lot of website stuff and ad copy and think you know blog posts over the years, but writing a cold email is a little bit of a different beast. Just because you're interrupting somebody, they're not expecting to hear from you, um, and you know you have a very short space to operate in. So um, that was that was probably the area of like the biggest learning. Yeah, I guess I'd say every every channel kind of has its own tone that you have to bring to it to be successful. If you take the copy from from a call intro or from a website or anything like that and throw it into an email, it just it, you're really shooting yourself in the foot. Totally, totally. Yeah, Joe Turnoff had this great tweet where he said, "You know, marketing can write the templates for the SDRs, but you need to let them quote scuff it up." Um, and, and I think that's that's really critical. Is it has to just has to be human. It has to be a person sending to another person. And I think that's, uh, that's the tone that you have to achieve. And you have to be pretty terse in your writing to make sure that, you know, hey, let's just get right to the point. I'm interrupting you. Like, <laughs> you know it, I know it. Um, here's why I reached out. Here's, here's what I'm asking for. And, you know, let's see if there's a fit. Yeah. And I, I've, I've uh, I love your use of the word human. That's something I yell at people here all the time. Be more human. You're not being human enough. <laughs> like make mistakes on purpose, whatever you need to do, just be human. You're, you know, everything's getting too automated kind of. And uh, I think I've threatened before to run campaigns where we have them uh, take Polaroids of them holding today's newspaper and send them to people uh, <laughs> just to kind of heighten that human. Look, this is a person to person interaction. Yeah. 
Yeah, video is great for that, right? We've all seen the little whiteboard videos people do where they hold a whiteboard with the prospect's name on it and, you know, just turn the camera around and talk to that prospect and then send it out, you know, and you can you can knock those out pretty quick and they give a great feel. Yeah. All right. Can you give any tips to the um, to the process for people, for people to do, not do, that kind of stuff? Yeah, probably the biggest gotchas I think are picking the wrong accounts and then like having a... a, a uh, too much of a self-serving or sort of a message that doesn't sort of show empathy or understanding of the customer. Um, so that's maybe the first step in the process because I think, you know, if you're doing account-based, if you pick the wrong accounts, you're just dead on arrival. So I think getting really good about how you select accounts and, you know, what a good account looks like and getting a lot of feedback from the right stakeholders, I think is is a really big one because otherwise you just do all this work. You're like, hey, I've got this account. I'm going to find the people. I'm going to figure out how to message them. And it's all a waste because that customer uses the wrong tech or they don't, you know, have a need or they're already on board with a competitor, whatever factors might prevent you from actually breaking in. Um, so I think that's like a, a really big consideration that you want to like be super thoughtful about. And then, and then the other is just, you know, when reaching out, um, you know, trying a lot of things and really focusing on, um, <laughs> you know, putting some, being relevant to the customer, I guess, is the best way to say it. Right. You're, you're there for them, kind of. They're not there to buy from you. Uh, I see people totally. make that mistake on social media all the time. They yeah. say, oh, great, social media, this is a platform for me to put out a commercial about me, kind of. And they don't, or, or trade shows, anything, people don't realize that's not what the other people are there for. Or some of the groups you'll see on social media, like, oh, here's a group of salespeople all trying to sell each other. Like, that's that's not going to go very far. And I would follow Ryan O'Hara for this, uh, for cold email content. He's really, really good on cold email. Um, he's the VP of marketing at Lead IQ, And um, he has just great practical um, how to how to make your cold emails human. And I think he's he's really, really good on this. I mean... There's a, there's a lot of people that are, are doing great work in this space. Um, uh, so I think there's a, like a lot of kind of tips and tricks you can pick up. A lot of good content out there, yeah. When it comes to doing the SDR work yourself, what did you like the most, like the least about the process? Oh, man, the best is when somebody just responds instantly and you get to have a live interaction with somebody, um, whether they come on our website chat, you know, or they respond to the email. Um whatever however we can engage them um that's the most fun um because you're like because you just know how hard it is you just know the odds right of reaching out cold that you're going to get somebody to engage and move forward is low so when when you actually hit the mark it's so energizing and so fun and and um, i think like doing it as a ceo i get to ask maybe different next level questions about the product or their situation that maybe others wouldn't be able to ask so that was really cool learning Oh man, the thing I don't like, um, I don't like it when my emails bounce. I don't like it when I have the wrong data. I mean, this happened to me a couple of times. So we're very tied to what marketing automation platform somebody uses. So if you use Eloqua, I'm going to tell you a different story than if you use Marketo. I'm going to talk about other Eloqua customers and why that integration's great and you know all those things. And we had a number of times where I'd say, hey... Sky, I saw that you use Marketo over there. And they'd be like, oh, actually, we use Pardot. And I'm like, shoot, you know, we just, you know, that just kind of takes our legs out on the whole thing. Right. Wrong bucket automatically. And yeah. then you also get just the wrong information and something like, you know, you send somebody a message and you say, hi, Steve. 
and they come back and they're either not Steve or they're not that Steve or, you know, whatever it is, it's it kind of uh, right uh, shooting in the foot. As a data company, it's extra bad for us when we get anything wrong because, you know, then it projects onto us because that's our actual product that, um, right. that that's showing the inaccuracy and the um, the whole conversation becomes about that then, which is never good. Um, expectations for SDRs. I mean, I guess, again, it varies for every company, but what kind of benchmarks did you find yourself setting? How, how did you figure out what to expect from people? How hard to push them? Um, I'm not sure I have that figured out. Honestly, we've just set goals for, you know, what we think we can do. We didn't really base it off of my numbers because, you know, I've got an advantage as a CEO, but then a disadvantage that I was doing it part time advantage because I got to go after I got to be like, in a total greenfield, but a disadvantage because we had no process. So um, I think we could have we could have sat around and argued all day, like how to base it off of my numbers. But yeah, we're we're still trying to figure it out in the numbers. I guess big picture, top of the house. I'm just really focused on CAC payback and how how the total um, between our our demand gen spend, our our prospecting costs, and our our AE team, like what that total looks like versus how much we're able to acquire each month. So just for us as a bootstrap company, we like to keep our payback around six months. Um, I think for venture companies, you know, 18 months is, is where a lot of people want to be. But that's, I guess, the only only thing we're using at this point. And I, I think it's a work in progress to figure out the more specific goals. Right. So basically, it's a how long does it take for them to cover themselves with what they're producing? Yeah. And as a part of the whole kind of operation. Um because we, we haven't really got to the sophistication of just looking at a pipeline generated and what the value of that pipeline is versus the cost. So that's sort of the next step for us. Great. So you mentioned something earlier. You mentioned a couple solutions, a couple things that you've used. Can you speak to tech stack a little bit, what you have experience with, any any kind of issues you found, anything you found that you particularly like in that area? Yeah, for sure. Um, so we love outreach, outreach.io, um, just phenomenal um, in terms of workflow, task management, building sequences, um, email automation, um, really, really strong. Um, the thing I was surprised that I liked the most was actually how they manage the, the manual emails. I think a lot of these tools are known for like letting reps automate their tasks, but what they do is they, they just give you a great interface to, you know, when a task is due to write that personalized email. And that's where we got the best results. So they, they really help manage that so, so well. I haven't heard a lot of good things about them. And I think people overlook the value of, of that. When you say they give a great interface, um, people will look at it and say, oh, I, we can just do that on our own. You know, we'll just make a schedule. And then the problem <laughs> is they, they don't. <laughs> you say, yeah, you can, but you won't because you don't, it's not convenient. Uh, you know, SDRs, sales reps, when you, you put one extra hoop there, it can be the difference between all the deals closing and none of the deals closing kind of. So yeah, that, yeah. that, um, the nice interface and the, the user experience kind of there, uh, is it's amazing how much effect that can have. Absolutely. I mean, wherever the reps are sitting day to day, it needs to be something they can, you know, work in and, and feel comfortable and move quickly. So I think that tool um, was critical. I mean, we've tried a lot of things in terms of the data side. If we had a bigger budget, I would probably purchase Discover Org um, or maybe Zoom Info to have like a, a really robust, you know, um, you know, in terms of contact data. Um, we have, you know, used Lead IQ. We've used Hunter. We've used lots of just kind of lower end tools. Um, we've also outsourced, done a lot of outsourced work in terms of both research and, um, getting contact data. So I think like Upwork and Fiverr and things like that 
you can you know sort of supplement a lot on. I'd be negligent here if I didn't mention Mountaintop Data along with Discover Org and uh, Zoom Info as a good. Of data. course, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you platform too, um, uh, and you know the, the the data side. I think um, you know those are the big ones. I mean, we've we've looked at like Sendoso for direct mail. That their pricing model just didn't quite work for us. Um, I, there's so many tools; it's hard to even scratch the surface. I use Nudge, uh, Nudge.ai a little bit. Um, uh, and of course, LinkedIn Sales Navigator, I think, is pretty critical for for anybody doing this work. Yeah, be on LinkedIn for sure. I mean, in the B two B market, if you're not if you're not on LinkedIn, you're not really doing B two B marketing. Um, so, and then I guess with SDRs, I mean, you're, the SDR relevant tech stack is not going to be the same as a marketing company overall because it's really kind of keeping it simple. It's the base initial interaction there. So, yeah, a couple good tools. Uh, quick plug we had there for Outreach IO. They should send us both a, a fruit basket. Um, we'll we'll give them the address off air on that. So Adam, any advice you could give to people? Uh, any final kind of advice here that are creating an SDR team or have an SDR team that they want to uh, uh, you know make any any little adjustments to? Yeah, I mean, obviously biased from my experience, but I'd say to any like VP that's building a team or even a founder or CEO or whoever, you know, is kind of doing outbound in your business to get into the details of it. Like look at the emails that are being sent, listen in on the calls, or get a feel for that interaction that's happening. Because I think a lot of this, uh, a lot of it's in the, in the detail and in the nuance. Um, a little surprised by that, honestly. I, I was like, oh, this is a machine. You got inputs and outputs and we'll hire people and it'll just be magic. We'll have a spreadsheet. But I think there's a lot of, a lot of nuance to, ha- to the difference between great and terrible. So I just encourage people to kind of inspect it at a deeper level. Right. A fine line between great and terrible. I, I like that. Um, okay. And then I also noticed, you know, a lot of people think SDRs, they think just the phone, but you, you are constantly um, touching on the fact that it seems to be a heavy phone and email combination with your team. Yeah. I mean, my buyers don't really use the phone much. So we focused on email and a little bit of social. And I think that's a that's a question for who your buyer is, but yeah, I think I'll, I'll, now the modern model is, you know, multiple channels. So I think if you're not using email and, and social, then you're, you're probably missing out on, you know, a big part of the opportunity. Right. So have the SGRs doing all those touches or whichever ones are really relevant for mm-hmm. your specific yep. company there. And direct mail too. Okay. And direct mail. Fantastic. Well, it was awesome having you on the show today. Um, want to mention a couple things here. You can follow uh, Adam on LinkedIn. Just look him up there, Adam Schoenfeld. I think you were mentioning they they can Google uh, CEO uh, SDR and you'll pop up there. Siftrock is uh, siftrock.com. You can go uh, check them out and and what they do. And then do you want to throw out your Twitter handle, anything else uh, where people can find you, follow you? LinkedIn's probably the best where I spend the most time on Twitter. I'm I'm Shoney S C H O E N Y. Um, I, I check it occasionally, um, and then I'm I'm on LinkedIn quite a bit. And email is Adam at siftrock.com. All right, and of course check out the Siftrock uh, website if you're looking for you know you do a volume of email and you want to process that kind of thing. Um, they are they're fantastic for that. They've got a great solution to a problem there, and um, uh, you know do it like nobody else out there. So thanks, uh, thanks for coming on, Adam. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. This has been the If You Market podcast, where we like to say, if you market, they will come.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.